It's time for another episode of Play Action Pass, your podcast for all things fantasy football. Right, it's Tuesday. Week three is in the books. This is the Play Action Pass podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Matt May, at Matt May FF on Twitter. Joined as always by Tony and Rob. Rob just put his washing out and was almost late for this one. Uh, his chores done. How are you both doing? It's, yeah, it's going to rain. Is anyone going to tell him it's going to rain? You'll have to go get it. Oh, no, I, I actually put it out last night. I left it out last night. So the missus saw me soaking wet. So I had to wash it again this morning. And I, kept, <laughs> and I put it back out but left it inside this time. It sounds like you're purposely doing a shit job so you never get asked again. Yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get a maid, don't I? Neck. I need a maid. Over neck. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So if Rob rushes off, something's gone wrong. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it'll be over to you. Yeah, we're running through the games today. Uh, we're running through a lot of them, but we'll get straight into it. Um, and we'll kick off with the Browns and Pittsburgh. Rob, your favourite. So you can start us off with, uh, with Pittsburgh. They lost, which I'm sure you predicted. Um, give us some fancy takeaways from this game. Oh, I have to remember now, Thursday night. Well, I was, was going to say, we've probably team. done this one, Matt. I think we've talked oh, yeah, about we this on, on the Friday show. show. <sighs> Don't worry. I told you. I told everybody they were a terrible team. Yeah, don't yeah, pass. yeah that's it. Roberto hates Pittsburgh. Do you remember? We had that. Yeah. Well, there's me saying Rob's not on the. Uh, might not be on the ball because he's chosen. I'm not on the ball. So uh, <laughs> moving on swiftly to um, New Orleans and uh, and the Car- and, and and the Panthers. Um, we have got uh, the Panthers winning this one. New Orleans. A uh, couple of good games and a uh, couple of good performances in there, though. But uh, yeah, Rob, we'll, we'll go back to you. Focus through this fancy takeaways. Yeah, so um, I think pre weekend I was quite down on the Panthers, um, but they come out with a surprise win. Not good though. Uh, I mean, I think the the scoreline flatters them a little bit. Just I felt how bad the Saints were, but I think the Saints, as I've been reading up, had lost Michael Thomas and uh, Landry uh, Javis Landry through the game. So, um, but yeah, Chris Olave, um, someone I traded for uh, in Dynasty uh, last week. Yeah, he had all he had all the targets, all all the yards. Um, still hasn't got on the on the touchdowns yet. But you know, if there any of those other guys missing time, he's going to be a number one option. Um, and you know, a low end wide receiver one, um, high high wide receiver two. But overall, both teams have got problems. I think. Um, I think you know, if you look at the running backs for the, for the Saints, Kamara doesn't look right. Ingram looks probably. If you know, good. If not, better. So, there's trouble in uh, in paradise for the Kamara owners. Um, again, probably drafted him late round one, early round two. Um, so yeah, it, that's not looking good. And then on the Panthers side, my boy DJ Moore is getting a lot of stick on Twitter. Um, and it's not it's not his fault. I think you know we've 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 had the same story for many years now. Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback. I think um, it's simple as that. Now I think he's had so, a lot of chances. He's just very stale. He's just got. There's just nothing about him that that you know puts any any life in the offense. So for me, if the Panthers have got any sense in the uh, head office that you know this is a one one year deal and and they um and they look for uh, someone new in the new season and you know and hopefully try and get someone in the draft because they're probably going to have a poor record and and um and certainly won't make the playoffs. And then obviously McCaffrey, I think, uh, and Daniel and I we talked about this last week probably not justifying his, his draft position but then overall across the board it wasn't a great week for the running back so so yeah um not a lot to take away but i think dj moore you've 
can't really drop him. You've just got to, you know, just look at the matchups. And when you think he's got a good matchup, you've just got to plug him and hope for the best for the moment. Yeah, I'm a TJ uh, manager and uh, I am frustrated. I do not like Baker Mayfield. Tony, do you like Baker Mayfield? I think he's all right. He's better than <clears throat> Darnold. He's better than a few others they've had there. They've actually won a game at home. Is he better than Darnold? I, I, is he better yeah, than Darnold? I'm and not sure he is. We need to I'm not remember, sure. you know, DJ Morton, we've had this conversation before. I've been off him because he, I don't think he's got the upside of uh, the top tier receiver, but he's priced at one in Dynasty. That's the biggest thing I've, I've had an issue with is his price in Dynasty. We need to remember that other receivers produced with bad quarterbacks. We'll talk about CD Lamb and Cooper Rush. Again, you know, the, the standout receivers will produce is something going on with DJ Moore and Carolina that just doesn't work and he's been extended for three more years. It's a big worry for me. You know, we go back to the days of Kyle Allen, Cam Newton, Sam Donald and now DJ and, and now Baker Mayfield never broken into that top twelve receiver not one year. Um yeah. I don't know if, what else to say. If his price was where it's at a dynasty, I don't think anyone would have a problem. He's the wide receiver too. End of story. He should never be priced as a wide receiver one ever. Okay, any more fancy takeaways from that one? Yeah, Chris Alave had his yards when both the others were on the field as well. He was he was up around 86 yards with, with them both on the field, so he should have been started, you know. Um, bit silly of those just to leave him on the bench after all those air yards last week. Now, obviously, he's an automatic start. So, um, yeah, good, good point from Roberto there. He needs to be started in every single league, I would say, no matter what happened with those injuries. Perfect. Moving on to the Bears then. This was not a pretty win and they nearly didn't get it. Um, they did beat Houston, though, to go 2-1. and one. Talk us through the fancy takeaways here, Tony. Maybe start with the Bears. Yeah, so I said, just, well, let's start with my start of the week, which is Damien Pierce. He played all right, but he, he had two costly fumbles in this one. It was a good start, so, you know, he got 15 points or whatever, but the, the two fumbles were big. Um, I don't think he actually lost any of them, but it's it's, it's worrying because they actually lost the game, um, you know, and that could have easily... His fumble, basically, at the end was was could have been that instead of the Davis Mills interception, which lost them the game. But obviously, the biggest takeaway here is how good Khalil Herbert looked when, when he came in. All those points probably could have been Montgomery's, but we've never seen him hit that kind of ceiling before anyway. So I, I say, you know, he probably... Montgomery wouldn't have had those points, maybe. Um, Herbert just looked really good along, uh, you know, on the goal line. Um, the biggest surprise for me in this game was Brandon Cooks probably in a game where, you know, Chicago's secondary is not great. He still had his seven targets, but his efficiency dropped in this game, and I don't know why. And we know the story for Chicago pass catchers. Um, Fields just does not look comfortable in the pocket at all. Some of his throws are dreadful in this game, but they got the win, so they'll play him again. They're 2-1. Until they come up, you know, against uh, a team that actually beats them, and, and they start looking like they're going to get a losing record. Fields will be the starting quarterback, so therefore you cannot start Mooney or Comet. I agree with all that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Brandon Cooks was my wide receiver start of the week, so disappointed now. Um, again, he got the use, you know, he got the targets, seven targets again. But um, yeah, I think Davis Mills had an off day today. Didn't um, didn't you know? Didn't produce any good, good throws. Um, 
yeah, just on just going back to the rainbacks for Chicago for people to know. I think um, the latest on um, is it's a high ankle, potentially high ankle sprain. Now, if it is that, then that's certainly not day to day, which is what coaches come out and say. High ankle sprain. I mean, if you look at Judy last year, kept playing most of the season, so it's something. Um, it's not as bad for a running back, but probably if it is that diagnosis, then probably it's no doctor, but just what people said. So. So yeah, so get her off the wire. He's on any of your leagues, and he's certainly someone that you want to be targeting. But uh, I'm sure he's going to be. There's a couple of people I knew already uh, favoring Herbert over Montgomery and uh, got him ready to go. So yeah, they'll be very happy. Um, moving over to the Chiefs, then shock result here: Chiefs lose night to the Colts. Colts go one one one, and the Chiefs are two and one still now. Um, Talk us through this one. It, it uh, did Mahomes run out of uh, the magic sauce. Uh, yeah, I think this was a surprise. They were they were in control of the game as well. Uh, the Chiefs. And it's rare that this kind of thing happens with the Chiefs once they're up. I, they did seem to take the foot off the pedal. They didn't run the ball at all. So you know when your team is up, we know the Chiefs obviously put it in the in the quarterback's hands um a bit more to ice the game especially when you've got a comment of quarterback usually you know the bills do that as well they don't run the clock out or anything but this time they just seem to kind of get away from them in the in the in the second half without without them really looking like they could score again um juju was my start again because of the zone coverage i thought he, he got really big chunk play but without that, he would have probably struggled. But again, he did seem to be sitting in the zone quite nicely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's. I still don't want to start him at all against any heavy man team. Um, but, you know, he's in that wider three for three range. I think, I don't know. This this feels like the, the Chiefs that we thought we might get in the post in the off season. I think we might have been spoiled by Mahomes' four touchdowns in week one, for example. Um, this feels more like what we were expecting from the Chiefs. And if that's the case, then, you know, we're back to not really trusting any wide receivers and only starting Kelsey. And we're keeping an eye on those running back splits for sure. Because um, CEH gone in the end zone uh, again, but without that, he would have struggled. So, yeah. Not not the Chiefs of old, let's put it like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rob? Yeah, I think I said it last week after the Chargers game. Um... That they're not they're not the same team that Hill. You know, they've they've tried to replace them with Alice Gant, Juju, unfortunately. This time it's been backside that they're just not the same team. Um obviously weapons are just not strong. So I think they can be close compared to matches you might be as surprised as the result from sudden just that the Colts are so bad, we'd expect them to but uh, yeah, Clyde Edwards Alay, I think it's a little bit a fool's goal, but he's he's just tinkering. Um Getting these, you know, low low ceiling, low ceiling games, and he's just scraping over the line with his touchdown every game. His usage is poor. He had seven carries this week. Uh, the touchdown he helped. Reception, he's not getting yardage from it. So he's probably a sell if you if you him draft. Um, and then obviously Jonathan Taylor on the other side. The volume was there this week. He, um, but again, if he doesn't get in the end zone, um, it, it's Floyd, he got the seven yards, get a few exceptions. So, obviously, no, no worries, Taylor. Long term, I'm sure it'll just be one game. 
blow up, but the Colts need to improve as an offensive to to get it to, to get it to, and obviously get us back again. No touchdowns, but uh, again, it's the target targets and interceptions. So, so yeah, yeah, nice, nice summary, gents, um, for both teams there. Moving over to a, a hell of a game, instant classic. A lot of people were calling it the uh, the Bills and Miami. Bills run out of time in the end. Um, but yeah, another big performance from Josh Allen in terms of fancy points um, and Singletary and Chase Edmonds, a surprise. Um, Tony, talk us through uh, this game. Um, <clears throat> well, it was a really good game to watch this. Um, the Bills had the ball so much in this game. I don't know how they threw for 63 attempts, Josh Allen, but obviously, you know, that's, that's just that just signifies what how the game went really. They they were behind. They did have to chase the points and then they did it by throwing. But Singletary got a nine for eleven receptions. I'm gonna start there really looking at those backs. We thought those receptions would be going to James Cook, I think, when they took him in the second round. If Singletary gets that volume, um that puts him automatically in, you know, in the high end I would be too with that in PPI even better. But we we need to see more. I think I think he was a sit a couple of weeks ago and, and rightly so he only had nine thirteen yards on nine carries. It's a really poor performance across the board for running backs. Um at yards per carry wise, you know, none of them could go through the line. The defensive line the offensive lines for both teams look really poor in this game. And I mean Allen was hit a lot. You know, we saw him chased and out of the pocket and that's strange to see that for Allen. Um and then the receivers obviously, you know, Disappointing by Hill, I think. Um, but I think that really, and Waddle, really, if you take away Waddle's big catch, you have one massive catch for about 70 yards. Take that away. He's got a very similar stat line to Hill. And um, obviously, we know what to do with the tight ends. We're not playing any of them. So, um, yeah, strange kind of output from the Dolphins. Um, split backfield again, Edmonds most of uh, wouldn't surprise me if that flip flop next week and most that gets the touchdown is in at the goal line as well on a couple of drives. So it's not just Chase Edmonds down there. I could easily flip flop. So again, I don't really have any confidence that in them. <clears throat> but yeah, Isaiah McKenzie, if he's if he has won that role, that is a that is a that is something I'm going to be watching because they got Baltimore next week and he might easily be the start of the week if he's won that slot role. Of Crowder, I'm going to have a Good look at the uh, snap percentage on those two. Yeah, nice. Yeah, plenty of fancy points going around there, and probably will continue sitting in that. Um, Bill's offense. Rob, what did you think of this one? Yeah, it was a good game. Um, I don't think it was entertaining as the uh, Baltimore Miami last week, but it was still pretty pretty impressive. Very hot. Um, it was lying on the floor by the end. Just hydrated but yeah overall I think we've had this back and forth the last couple of weeks with Singletary I think week one I was an advocate uh, totally wasn't uh, and I come around him on two and now he's obviously getting a big share in three so quick question then Singletary or Edmonds rest of the season um, I'm, I'm off Edmonds until you see this until I see the snap he's gone 63% 51% 44% that's the last three weeks so he's in a different tier to Singletary. So Singletary then, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, just thought I'd um 
well, that might be a, you know that might be something that someone's got on their benches that or on their teams that they, yeah. they're, they're thinking about those two those sort of two players because they were probably both mid to late six to eight you know round six round eight type players so yeah, but, but, uh, I yeah. Mean, most most of its uh, percentages have gone 42 55 56 so they increase it they, they're just going opposite directions those two and I don't know why but none of them are running the ball well. No, that's what I mean. Way. That's so weird. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, it, you can't cl- you can't trust any of them. I think Edmonds is is a flex at best going forward, and probably the same for Mustard if you're really desperate. Um, is, the usages are not there, but yeah, pretty much that's it. Diggs obviously had his had a, a solid game, um, and yeah, I just just want to quickly mention on, on the quarterbacks. I I was listening to um, some uh, some analysts the other day about. How um how important it was now to see that to draft these quarterbacks early. I think yeah. everybody's got in the late round quarterback sort of you know leave you know the, the big boys go mid fourth to six and then everybody else just waits and gets someone late on. I think it's already showing this year that you you know you needed to take one of the elite quarterbacks as early as possible um, because they're all they, there's such a point differentiation you know, differentiation between them. You know just look at Lamar versus. Cousins, which was a favourite on Twitter, and and the point differential between them is humongous, um, and it's obviously impacting on a weekly basis. So for me, that's something I'm going to take forward so far. Obviously, it's a small sample this week, three weeks, but from what I've seen, QB is the um, is important now. Yeah, and just to go back on the article that I wrote, I I think I was quite strong on those onesie positions. I took Herbert this year and. Got it because I thought you know they were the last of the tier, but um, you know those that have got Lamar, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, you know it's a massive point differential, very similar to tight end. The key is you know can you get to, um, and then you're really a strong favorite in the league, which again I think that's what you did, but maybe with Pitts and Hurts, very similar to Goddard and Herbert. So I think we had a similar kind of tactic this year. See if it pays off. Yeah, Gabe Davis, good fade. Whoever said that, well done. <laughs> Sorry, I saw it cost a few people uh, matchups putting them in. But yeah, I mean that ankle injury. I saw he played ninety six percent of snaps, so you know he, he was an automatic start for some people. I just he dropped one, didn't he? Didn't Did he drop much. One? I think he dropped, he dropped he a dropped touchdown. A yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I don't know about Gabe Davis. You know, I, the. the he, he might be the person if he has a one more game to sell high. I think he's got Baltimore, then he's got Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I think if he plays well against Baltimore, I'll be selling high end. So keep an eye out for that. Nice. Moving over to uh, a an offense that you were taking to come back, Tony, and they did. Minnesota Vikings against the Lions, yeah. the Punchy Lions, who never seem to give up. Another. Uh, Another entertaining game of football, um, and and plenty of uh, individual performances, points wise. Um, so you were talking about the the Vikings on our last show, and and how you were buying into them and, and actively looking to, to get in that offense while people were selling low. How did this look to you? Look great, great. You know, I managed to get Darwin Cook somewhere. I know he's injured now, but you, those points that Madison racked up, it was, they would be easily be his as well if he didn't get hurt. Um, so I think it was a good buy low for Cook. I did buy Thielen, but I think that was, you know, it's, I just did not see Jefferson performing that low, I, you know. But uh, to be fair, 
we knew Osborne would blow up at some point because he's on the field for 75% of snaps. So any kind of shootout game. I think they've got the Saints in London next week, which could go a similar way the way Jameis Winston's throwing it around. They're not bad starts in games like this because I don't know if they even, I don't, I, I don't think they took Jefferson away. You know, it's very strange. They can't really cover receivers, Detroit. So I don't know what happened to Justin Jefferson. It's, you just got to throw out the window. But basically, they won by targeting the other receivers. You know, Thielen caught a touchdown, Osborne caught a touchdown, Madison scored, and Dalvin Cook scored. So other players scored and they won the game. I think this might be a eye opener to the staff that basically they need to get everyone else involved. You know, if Smith had six uh, targets as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was an easy buy low opportunity for all the Vikings after their awful performance the week before. Um, Roberto started the day was Cousins, I think, maybe. Uh, he bent back nicely, looked really comfortable in the pocket. You know, not even close to an interception, I would say, in any point of the game. And they came back and won. And on the Lions side, you know, Swift is going to miss time. This is this is going to be huge. So Jamal Williams um, easily carrying the load there. 20, 20 for 87 yards. And obviously the work around the goal line. He looks a different beast in the goal line than he, let's be honest. He scored, how many touchdowns has he scored now this year? Let me just click that quickly. He's got four in three games. And I can see that, you know, they, they got Seattle at home next week. They are going to be in and around the goal line every quarter, probably. He's definitely a start next week. And uh, the receivers are going to be interesting if Swift and St. Brown this time. So that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just looking at it, you got Reynolds, um, you got Chark in, getting in. Do you think there's some waiver? Chark, Chark, I dropped Chark in the league. Bit good about that, but I think Reynolds got 10 targets. Josh Reynolds, so you know, if St. Brown does miss time, they both can be picked up. Craig Reynolds can be picked up if Swift missed time because they definitely won't give you know the full workload to Jamal Williams, he's, he's not explosive enough to do that. So, there's three great waiver wire pickups there from Detroit who have got Seattle at home next week. I think you can plug and play any of them if St. Brown misses time. And Hawkinson obviously becomes an automatic start if St. Brown misses time. So yeah, yeah. loads going on there. That's the key, isn't it? I think for for Hawkinson, I think he needs to yeah. bring out to get any production. I'm afraid on him for his on scene brain plays. I think he'd be okay though from what I've read so far. I don't think it's a serious injury. So um, I think he's going to miss until the bye. That's my prediction. Same Brown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh well, I just read the report. So, uh, well, we'll see. Um, yeah, Jefferson. Though we're just on that on Jefferson. Um, if you take away week one, would you, Obviously, week one was a great week. Do you still think he's a was he a, was he right to be a top what was he top four five draft pick? Would you still be comfortable? Or would you be a bit nervous now having Justin Jefferson? No, I, I he's got Lattimore next week, um, and he he follows Lattimore has been awesome this year. He obviously shut down DJ Moore last week. Uh, this week just gone. You know, happened with Mike Evans the week before. He's going to be shut down again, which is why I like Osborne and Thielen again. You know, Osborne saved me and. Uh, Scott Fishball this week, but um, yeah, the answer is uh, yeah, I would still take Jefferson over Chase. We'll talk about Chase in a minute because I got him on my team. I'm very worried by his his yards per catch is awful this year. So you know, I I got more confidence in Jefferson coming back than Chase. Let's put it like that. 
Might be a good sure. idea. It might be a good idea to have a like a re- maybe we redraft after about four or five weeks or six weeks just to see where we would take them in the first couple of rounds. But I read somewhere and I listened to someone saying comparing DJ Moore and Justin Jefferson over three games. I think it's about. 0.4 or 0.5 points difference yeah. between the two. So if you're worried about DJ Moore, then maybe if you, you take away Jefferson's Jefferson. first week, I think. No, I think it was overall because he had the touchdowns rather than he uh, more in week two. I think it's if you add the ball. All oh, right. Because obviously had 35 then, points that first, first week. He did nothing week two, though, did he? He had about four, six or six or six, five, six points. No, I think it was added. It can't be week one. I mean, he's number nine receiver overall. Was he? His okay. first week, he had 35 points on his uh, own. Yeah, right, fine. And so, I think, yeah, I mean, you're not going to sell him a high after that. That was a, an incredible performance in Bay. But um, for the last two weeks, I think, he's, he's averaged the same as DJ Moore, it looks like. He's not, he's and, not on the um, same tier as Cup. That's, that's the thing, I think, for me. I agree, they, yeah. I think originally everyone was saying, oh, you can have a better, he's, he's, I don't yeah. think they're in the same tier. He's below Cup. It's a tier. Completely agree. Speaking of... Uh... People potentially in their own tier. Let's go to the <laughs> Ravens. What about Lamar Jackson against New England? And, and yeah. individual performance. Um, swept away New England 37 26. Tony, we'll go to you first. Talk to us about this game. Yeah, he is. I read somewhere that he did the right thing now, not accepting that contract because he's got a chip on his shoulder for sure. I mean, he's, his rushing yards are incredible. 119, 107 in the last two games. Um, and I think there's a shootout coming with Bolt, uh, Buffalo as well next. And Cincinnati, both high-scoring games. He, he, he's in a tier of his own because he looks so comfortable throwing the ball as well. And he, do, he, you know, he's got enough weapons. Bateman has obviously got those two long ones disappeared in this game. But Andrews then picks up the touchdown. So he's got this perfect kind of safe floor, high ceiling combo going on. He's in a different zone at the moment. Um, good news across the board, I would say, for Baltimore Ravens. And really good news about J.K. Dobbins. It was nice to see him out there. I think that's only going to go up. Probably, you probably got about a week to get him, I think, before uh, he is starting running back for Baltimore. So, um, yeah, wheels up for Baltimore. And in New England, um the running backs, that's, this is what I expected last week when Ty Montgomery was out. Remember, we had that conversation about Stevenson and Harris. They both looked okay in this game. Looks like a 50-50 split. Um, Mac Jones missing time is going to... I think you just throw out what happened with the receivers without Jacoby Myers and now Mac Jones going out. So I think just forget about all the receivers and just focus on those two running backs going forward in New England. Just when Devonta Parker decided to turn up. Yeah. Mm. Good basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rob, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, so just on just going if you start with the Patriots, I think the Stevenson Harris seems very much now similar to the um the Bronco situation with you know Javante and, uh, and Melvin. You can see this being a pretty even split. Um and if and obviously if Jones is gonna miss again, which I believe is a an ankle sprain high one, so he's likely to miss, you know, any any part of a month, then they're gonna lean on the run even more. So both of those are good, solid RB2 um uh, plays, I think on a week to week basis going forward. Um and obviously yeah, I wouldn't trust any of the wide receivers now in New England. And then just on the Baltimore, another one for maybe something for the waiver wire, Justice Hill. Um he had 
was playing basically the Gus Edwards role. Obviously, I know they've got to work in Dobbins slowly. It might, you know, it might reduce as Dobbins get stronger, but you can never trust Baltimore to give someone the whole, all the work. So Jesse Hill, he might get a couple of the, you know, the passes and I think he had six carries for 60 yards. So someone that if you're desperate, need a, um, you know, low end flex or just someone to have as um, cover if Dobbins does have a setback, then he's probably someone you want to target. So I don't know how long Gus Edwards is going to be out for. So, but yeah, overall, Jackson for me is looking like the number one you know, quarterback this year. Can't, if he keeps it at this rate, and there's no reason why he can't because he just rushes so much, then he's going to be QB1 this year. And anyone who picked him up in the fourth, you know, four to six round, they're going to be uh, very, very happy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving over to um, to a quarterback that had a bit of a slower start uh, over at the oh. The, oh, go on. Rob. Sorry, one more. I just wanted to say the Bateman. Um, was a sit. I think he was one of my sits. And I think, uh, yeah, it's not fool's goal, but it's just something that he had a chance of a big uh, touchdown again, but he didn't take it and obviously ended up with just under four points. So, yeah, it worked out well on that for once on that one. But, um, but yeah, you've got, to, you've got to start him, I think, going forward, but not as a, a wide receiver too. Yeah, the thing with Bateman is his um, snap percentage is not great for some reason. They they are literally rolling out. They've got what Baltimore do more than any other team. They've got a system that they stick to. So there's no checking at the line. There's no like, you know, improvisation, it seems. If it's a running play, they put three tight ends in and a fullback, for example. And Bateman's not on the field because someone else is a better blocker. I don't know. Uh, who's the big receiver to Marcus Robertson? Uh, Devin Duvernay, if they're going to do a jet sweep. So he's on the field for 62% of the snaps. Now, of those 62, how many of those are running plays? I don't know, half of them. Mm. So already, then you're down to about 30, 30%. Of those, how many of those targets go to Mark Andrews? <laughs> you know, the, he's left with not much. That's the, that's the reality. So, you know, he scored two massive touchdowns, week one and week two. And we have been talking about it. That is a worrying sign with those targets. Now he's gone five, seven, four for targets, and he's got Buffalo's secondary which i think is banged up but you know hill and, and waddle didn't do great against them so yeah i think you might be another sit this week even in a high scoring game until we see something a bit more concrete from him he's a selling dynasty i think he is i think if you can get um gone, I, probably last week was probably the best time to try and f- flip him yeah i know he's so yeah. young but that this offense is not going to change for as long as jackson stays there and landrews is there he's yeah. always going to be a secondary option so if you've got him i i would look to see if you for good good value. Yeah. Then on to the Bengals then. Um getting that get more in there and making sure everyone knows you were right, Rob. I like that. You're right. Well we missed Bateman. It wasn't just that it was more no, I think we need right. we needed we needed to um we needed to address Bateman because yeah, people yeah, might have been absolutely. panicking after that. Um and you both of you were right on a lot of stuff, stats and sits so uh We'll be looking to keep that record up this Friday. Um, Bengals then, this the Jets. Uh, Bengals winning 8 27 12. Joe Burrow had a good performance in terms of fancy points. Um, Rob, we'll go to you first on this one. What, what were your takeaways? Yeah, so this one, this one didn't ever, never seem competitive to me. It was always the Bengals were, were running away with it. Um, so I was just trying to find the usage of uh, for the Jets side. Um, 
Brees Hall. Just wanted to see what he did. And I think signs are encouraging for Brees Hall. I think especially in the passing game, they used him, you know, the 11, 11 targets, you know, six receptions, 50, 53 yards. So that's that's really encouraging. And then obviously with the Russian as well, he's up to eight carries. He's a, he is the better runner. He's better than Carter, I think. It's starting to show, and it's it's, it's a little bit like Jonathan Taylor. This gonna over time, it's gonna maybe um, iron itself out into him being the number one. So if you've got Brees Hall, you've got to be pleased, especially in Dynasty, that he's he's starting to to show his worth. And it, you know they got Zach Wilson coming back next week, and obviously I think it's worked out well for him because obviously there was a lot of buzz on Flacco over the last few weeks. He had a complete dud, um, and and you know didn't produce anything this week. So. Whether that switches then things for the receivers, we don't know. Hopefully, it might boost up Elijah Moore's usage, even though they, the, him and Garrett Wilson had similar targets this week. He's obviously a favourite with Wilson at the moment. So um, that look out for that to see if that changes. And then on the Bengals side, I think um, the two key ones, I think, uh, and Daniel mentioned it earlier with Jamar Chase, I think um, it's not panic stations. He's an elite talent. However... T. Higgins is also an elite talent as far as I'm concerned, and they're both equally as good in different ways. Um, and I think for as long as Higgins is on the field, this is an issue for Chase. It's gonna it's not gonna he's not gonna get the same production type as Cooper Cup. He's not the number one favorite target every single time for Joe Burrow. In the big plays and the long ones, he does look at both. Um, and it, it's reflecting Chase's, Chase's numbers. You know, any week he could put up 30 points, but in other weeks, his floor is really low. So it's it's a little bit worrying. Um, I think the people who went for T Higgins later on in the drafts, if you got him in round three, four, you're probably feeling good that you, you know, you took the, the cheaper option, but they're, all, they're both looking equally, you know, equally as productive. And uh, if, you know, if you had to ask me who's going to finish at the end of the season with the most points, I couldn't tell you, um, and I don't know if Antonio's going to say something different, but that's that's my feeling on on those two. I, I'm worried about yards per target for Chase. Last year's yards per target averaged at 11.4. This year it's 6.06. But is that now, the line? We know. Is that we the know line? It's, we think it's the line, yeah. But if you look at Higgins's, his yards per target have gone up. So I don't think it is. I think Higgins is the deep to intermediate target um you could see that by the stat line i mean the stat lines are, are you know five for 93 chase hasn't done that he's done six for 25 whatever chase looks like he's the quick twitch guy and therefore you know he's he's now battling tyler boyd and he obviously took um hayden Hurst was injured before this week uh, i think he was on the injury report on friday which should have been warning signs for anyone who started him but um Chase does look like he's he's in the short to intermediate um, range, and that's not what he you know those forty yard games. Okay, there were a couple of slants if I remember that he took to the house, but he was catching deep balls as well. That those deep balls to Chase looked like they're gone. He did miss on a on on one this week, which was inches away from a massive play. But again, I'm worried about his yards per target, and um, I think Higgins has just landed on the report, so it would be interesting to see if he goes on a short week on Thursday. The main worry for for me for the Bengals is Joe Mixon. Yeah, I think um, they can't run the ball, so they're not, you know, the days of just handing the ball back and watching him get six, seven yards look like they've gone. Not because of him, because of the line. They're always in shotgun as well, more, more than any other team. Um, 
so you know that the, the normal handoffs is more kind of RPOs and, and stuff like that it just feels like the Bengals haven't really got an identity this year um, and if they do miss Higgins I don't even think that it should help Chase but unless we see Chase run down the field a bit more and this is why I'm going to take the you know still take Jefferson or Chase I just don't see him getting down the field at all I think the result didn't help either, did it? I think if, if the Bengals, you know, they're one and two, so for as long yeah. as they're, they're still competitive, then things might not change. But obviously, if they become one and three, one and four, then you might see something happen yeah. across the board. Massive game this week against uh, Miami. Thursday night football, actually. So is that, in, is that, in, is that in Miami or is it in... It is um, in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, so that's it. A must-win yeah. for them, probably. Nice. Right, let's move on to a team that's doing really well. We're going to skip around a little bit in the interest of time. Let's go to Philadelphia 3-0. 24-8 winners over Washington. Um, Jalen Hurts. If if it wasn't Lamar season, it'd be Jalen Hurts season. Um, Tony, you're nodding along. Let's go with you. Yeah, superstar, I think. And he's shown it. Passing, running. Very similar to to Lamar, um, and they'll be probably one and two. If and Alan will be three, maybe just because of the Russian numbers. But Philadelphia look awesome. Um, not much to say really. Their defense looks great. Smith, Brown, and Goddard actually came off the field for most of the to the quarter. But he, he, you know, they they start as those three solidated targets, like you say, always. And uh, Wentz came back to earth against a good defense. Um, Interesting to see McLaurin still got his in this game. Um, I think, you know, Samuel and McLaurin came through. Dotson was the sit. So um, I think you might have a buy low window on Dotson if someone's panicking because we've already seen they're going to use three receivers on the field for 90% of snaps. Um, might be worth a, a look as a buy low. Nice, Rob. Your thoughts on this one? It was a good show by Tony on, on Dotson to sit him this week. Um, I think, yeah, I think he said about McLaren, he just about scraped a decent game. I mean, just I just want to, yeah, there's not a lot to take away other than, yeah, we know Jalen Hurts is going to be a contender for for the. I don't think he'll, he'll get above Lamar just because I think Lamar's just a better rusher, but overall, he's, he's definitely a top five this year. Um, it's just more of yeah. the running backs again. I think Sanders, we've been trying, you know, we've been saying he's a sell, he's a fade. Um, you just can't. He's getting the he's getting the volume. It's just really strange. Obviously, with Hertz running the ball as well, uh, and especially around the goal line, he just doesn't he doesn't score enough touchdowns. And and so yeah, you know, five points this week, fifteen carries. Um, yeah, you just it's out. really strange. They were up as well. They could have run the you know they when a team is up, they run the clock out, don't they? Surely in the second half, and and Sanders just didn't get. You know, chunk yardage, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, moving on to a bit of a shocker, potentially. Uh, Jacksonville, 38 10 winners over the Chargers. Obviously, Justin Herbert was carrying the injury, but uh, didn't seem to stop him launching the ball at one stage. Um, any takeaways from this? And Trevor Lawrence specifically. Should yeah, uh, yeah, he looks a completely different quarterback in the system. We did talk about this offline, didn't we? Off season, sorry, with uh, Doug Peterson against Urban Meyer last year. He looks completely different, um, and we're starting to see the number one overall pick. 
for many and you know that year's draft and the, he was the golden child of quarterback essentially um and we're starting to see it now which is good it's good news for everyone on that team they got three really good receivers which all produced this week this week even Evan ingram came close to touchdown james robinson looks completely back from his achilles can't even remember that injury now probably if you asked him you know he's getting 100 yards away to the charges which is unfathomable probably to him after the achilles and etn still can't work so i think he's another sneaky by low um i don't know what rebecca thinks about that i've already tried this morning failed for etn so um yeah i, th- I think better times are ahead for ETN. yeah i think um i think trevor lawrence just going down that he's an aggressive buy for me in times you know um i think if people were if people were sort of, if people were on the fa- on the fence, then I yeah, for me, if I if I had the, the capital, he'd be someone I'd be targeting in Dynasty now. He's starting to look good um and show that, you know, that show that oh, on the one pick. Uh, Herbert, for people who are panicking at Herbert, uh, I think I, I think I said offline to Daniel that he's a sit for me this week across so I've got him in a few places. He doesn't look he didn't look right. His accuracy was off a bit. I think it's it's just a worry when you've got you've got broken ribs, it's difficult to throw the ball. Um, but I am concerned for Mike Williams. He's another player that you know got a lot of buzz and was drafted quite high uh in redrafts and in and in dynasty's got you know good value. He he is a boom or bust number three stroke number two wide receiver. Even when Keenan Allen's out, he's just not that's the key. Yeah. That's the key, isn't it? The even when even when Allen is out, he's still a boom first. That's who he is. Yeah, that's exactly. quite yeah. yeah. Last year he did. Last year they moved him around a bit more. They haven't done it this year. Um, so if you can get out of him, get out of him now. But but yeah, Allen's going to be back soon, and he's definitely obviously the short and intermediate and Herbert's number one choice. So yeah, but Etienne. Um, yeah, I like I, again. He's he's showing his burst. It's it's an issue. I think it's still an issue with Rob. Because he's really good as well, and I think best case scenario for this team is is the, the good old days of Kamara and Engra- and um, Mark Ingram. I, you know, for as long as they're both on on the team, they they cap each other's um, you know ceiling. Even though Robinson's put up some really good games, when in tougher matchups, those ceiling games are going to be you know are going to be capped by both of them being on the field. So. So yeah, he's probably a buy, buy low in dynasty because it, they may not renew Robinson long term. I don't know what they're going to do with him uh, after the season. So yeah. All right, next one. Um, another pat on the back for you, Rob. You told people to start Cam Akers. Go start Cam Akers um, against the uh, the Cardinals. Uh, Rams winning twenty to twelve. Um, start with you then, Rob. Obviously, takeaways. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great box score at the end, I think, because he had a fumble in the end zone, which is really, really disappointing because if he had gone over or kept the, you know, kept the pull locked in his hands, then I'd be a lot more happier and I think he would be an automatic start going forward. But there's always another question mark, is that, is that going to affect him? They were well out of sight in the, in the game, so it didn't really affect it. But he's showing that he's the better runner. I think um, for me now, I've watched them over a few, the last three weeks and, and Henderson started off better with a bit, bit more burst, a bit more juice. But now Akers is showing that he's, for me, is the better running back. So Sean McVay is obviously a more, much more clever man than me when it comes to NFL. So I'm sure he's going to see that. And hopefully that that's brighter things for Akers going forward. Um, but the big takeaway for me on this one on the Rams side is Alan Robinson. And it's no bueno. Um, he, is, he is an absolute... Drop as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
in redraft. He's a you know he's not. I can't even say he's a boom bust flex because he doesn't. He hasn't had any boom weeks. Um, he's had you know the touchdown saved him last week. He's just not. He doesn't look good. He, he looks. I think this was the conversation we had off season. Is he washed? Is he not washed? I mean, it's all pointing to he's just. He's just. He's not the receiver he was. Unfortunately, um, I'm sure he'll still have games where he catch a few touchdowns. But the, the the big thing is if Beckham comes back sooner rather than later, and then Van Jefferson, is he going to be faded out completely? And then that's a worry. Then that he's just. You know, I mean, the production is not great now. But it might be a game where he gets goose eggs and, you know, you're getting zero points. So, okay. yeah, it's it's worrying. And I, I don't worrying. know if Daniel right. agrees with this. Yeah, but, no, I completely yeah. agree. I I did select him in, in redraft because I thought he might have, like I said, I was worried in Dynasty definitely with his age and what I saw last year. I thought he might have a good redraft season considering there's no one else there. The fact there's no one else there, Ben Skoranek is outscoring him, out-targeting him, or uh, sorry, out-catching him. Not targeting him, but out catching him and outscoring him on fancy points is a worry um, as soon as this year. So, um, yeah, warning signs there, definitely. On the Arizona side, Greg Dorch is, is a start until until Rondell Moore comes back. I'm really interested to see what happens when, when Rondell Moore comes back. The 10 targets for a guy on the wire, you know, is great. Um, another player who saved me in the Scott Fishbowl just by grabbing and starting him. So, very, very happy with what he's done there. Um, and AJ Green can be dropped in every single league. Every single league. He's done. They're a terrible offense, though, and you've got to be worried about oh, the, the Cardinals. Connor, Connor's the biggest worry in terms yeah. of the, the offense because, you know, he was great in the goal line last year and he's still getting the work. Um, but it's interesting what happened there. Eno Benjamin's going to have his role regardless. He's not the handcuff to Connor. Daryl Williams is because if Connor plays, it takes Daryl Williams off the field. But if Connor was to miss injury, games with injury, Eno would keep his role and I think Williams would just get all Connor's touches, so it's interesting to see Williams not even coming on the field when Connor is um, but yeah, that's just another observation there in the backfield yeah. Yeah. and Brown obviously, yeah, a big game yeah. for Brown against but, Ramsey as well but, yeah, but just need to touch the touchdowns isn't it, it's just not there, with it. Arizona just need to get their, their playmakers back and hopefully that takes away some of the coverage for Brown and he gets a bit more splash play Speaking of getting your playmakers back, that takes us nicely into Green Bay, Tampa uh, versus Tampa. The two legends who actually played each other far less than many would have expected. I think this was their fifth occasion. Um, and yeah, this was uh, this was tough. Um, Tony, talk us through where you're at with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm waiting until they get their players back. I mean, it looks like Julio's going to go in there this week. So I think they get Julio and Evans back this week. And I think that might spark. They, they, they're going to have a bounce back game very shortly. Brady's going to have all this anger the last couple of weeks. they got Kansas City at home and Atlanta at home. So two home games. Um, both really could be high scoring, really, if you think about the way the, those teams are going. Um, if it was in KC, I'd be very worried. But the fact Evans and Julio's coming back makes me think that Brady might just go nuclear shortly. On, on some of these teams, especially Atlanta, for example. So I'm not, I'm not worried in the short term. The worry is um, that just they're in third and long always. I watched this game, I'm, I got Leonard Fournette, and they, they ran the ball on first down every single time, and they got two or three yards maximum. They were never in third and six or shorter. So the pressure was on Brady to work some magic straight away every third down. 
they need to change their philosophy on how they play first down. And um, hopefully with pass catchers back, who Brady trusts, we'll see a change. Yeah, Rob, I saw, agree yeah. with that and move on to the Green Bay as well. Yeah, so um, it was one of my uh, one of my sits for, for for the running backs in this game um, and a low scoring yeah. game. So that played that played out okay. I think the issue for the for Green Bay is that they're just not a good offense this year. I think I, I I know it's again a small sample, but after three games, I don't like their offense. It's I think gone are the days where you know you had Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams all and they you know throwing the ball left, right, and center. Rogers is struggling. Um, he, he was saved with his touch and he was efficient. I mean, he had 17 points at the end of the day, so he did all right. Um, I think I was a fade on him, but he, 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 I think if you go across the board, he's not a bad, he wasn't a bad start, just wasn't a great start. But it's just the running backs, uh, it, it's all going to go through them. And if it's if it's not a poor team, if it's you know good run, you know, run stopping defense like, like Tampa Bay, then then they're going to struggle as well. And their pass, their pass weapons are not good enough. I mean, Dobbs, I think everyone's talking on Dobbs on Twitter that, you know, he's looking great for a rookie. And yeah, he had a good game. He, he you know, he produced what he had to. He, he's gaining trust for, for Rogers. But overall, the, the wide receiver, you know, uh, offense is just not, it's not good enough. The players are not good enough. You know, they brought in Sammy Watkins. They brought in Cobb. No, you know, none of them will hold up long season. We've already seen IR for, for Watkins. Um, Christian Watson can't get healthy, can't stay healthy, so he's looking like at the moment bust unless you know he can get himself right and get him on the field. So I guess Dobbs is probably someone that people will be looking to pick up um, in strong leads. He's probably owed because he had a really good off season. So overall, I worry about Green Bay. Yes, they'll win lots of games because they play in their division is not a strong division, and they'll they'll probably come through that. But you've got to just be worried long term that this is. This is just not a good enough offense to get fantasy points from, um, unless it's a real walkover and then start the running backs. But yeah, been nice, yeah. And you were right. Um, it was a combined score of nine those running backs. So uh, what a call that was, Rob. We put it out on Twitter. Hopefully that. Oh, did you? There we go. Happy days. Interested uh-huh. uh, listening to what you've got to say moving forward. We missed a few games, um, so I'll go to each of you. Just. Some burning stuff you need to get out to him. You couldn't let this podcast end without telling people. Yeah, I think Geno Smith needs, we need to look at what's happening in Seattle. If they, Pete Carroll told us to throw the ball and they were going to throw the ball more and they did. And Metcalf and Lockett were good starts. And if that continues, um, I think we should have more confidence in those two. It's good news for fantasy. They've got Detroit, New Orleans, Arizona next. So maybe New Orleans. Maybe, but Detroit and Arizona, I'll be looking at those games and looking at those receivers as potential good starts. Where you know, whereas we had zero or little confidence at the first couple of games, so that was nice to see. Yeah. Um, and the other two night games, I thought they were good uh, in terms of well, poor for fantasy, but good watch. You know, the San Francisco Denver game was a bit boring, but close, so usually a good watch. And then I, I really like that Daniel Jones looked great in that New York game. Um, yeah, I was going to bring him Interesting. Up. They lose Shepard. Galladay looks absolutely dreadful. Does Kadarius Tony come back? Because without Shepard or Galladay, they've got Richie James and David Sill. So is this the is this the time for Kenny um, Kadarius Tony? That, that's my thought. As soon as uh, Shepard went down, unfortunately. get himself a good physio. That's what he needs. And well, get him on the yeah. field. Get him on the field. Uh, I, uh, yeah, on that CD Lamb. I mean, he dropped a massive touchdown that game as well his, his stat line could be huge I, I was less worried this is this is what i mean about the kind of receivers 
that don't get affected by the quarterback. You know, um, Pavetta was worried about CD Lamb as soon as it happened. Um, people, I saw Lamb on a few benches this week, and that's going to really sting because he, you know, he he did drop, he does do his drops, but he's getting 11, 12 targets that offense and uh, I think even when Gallup comes back he'll still get those targets and now Brown's seven go to Gallup so I, I don't know how Lamb's a great start in any league I would say I was a little bit worried to be honest before the touchdown that he, he I seen the drops and I was just thinking to myself this is and, and Noah Brown was catching everything that was going his way but but obviously the bit of magic at the end you know for the touchdown it separates him as a, as a receiver so yeah good and I think the, the quarter just on that the quarterback I don't think it's too much of a I mean this might be a hot take but I don't think it's too much of a downgrade to be honest Cooper Rush I think he, he throws the ball quite accurate he, he doesn't mind airing it out and and I don't see a massive difference between him and Prescott of what I've seen lately at Prescott um, when he's been healthy so he's, he's obviously not as good um, as they would have paid him but he, he's certainly not hindering um, the Cowboys going forward so he's a good backup. Um, yeah, good yardage with, with, with that. And, and obviously on the other side, I just want to mention Barkley again, looked tremendous in this game. His burst is really, really good. Um, you know, he's a player that, yeah, if you've got him, you're, you're really happy at the moment because he's getting all the usage. I think only Breeder only came on for a few snaps in the game. Um, but yeah, that's tremendous. And, and, and the other one for me is obviously, I think we had this, Last show was Kyle Pitts. Um, he came through with a, a decent game. Again, he's not getting the touchdowns, but I think that's uh, that's huh, I say it's a product of the uh, of the offense. They scored twenty seven points, but um, his usage was a lot better. And I think brighter days are ahead for Kyle Pitts. So yeah, I mean, no one obviously no one dropped him, but you know, if you're getting eight eight targets with eighty seven yards on five receptions, then it's a good starter and, and hopefully things to, good things to come for him. Nice. Well, good summary to wrap it up and, and the games you missed. And uh, thanks as always for your time, gents. Really great context. We'll be back on Friday. But uh, until then, thanks for listening, everyone, and take care. Take it easy. And that's it for another episode of Play Action Pass. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you like this episode, please do follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen on. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at underscore PlayActionPass and our website PlayActionPass.co.uk. We're always releasing uh, new video content uh, and tons of new content. So check out the feed, check out the website. Uh, and we're actively trying to improve all of our content. So please do follow us on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, anything we can do to improve, anything you like, what you want to see more of, all of your questions. Uh, and we'll answer those on the show or we'll answer them on feed depending on their agency um, to reach out to us individually find Tony at LightType7 Rob at TeamBest10 and me at MattMayFF on Twitter like I said send us your questions we'll answer them on the next episode or if it's super urgent we'll get back to you on Twitter thanks so much for listening and support the show